One of my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving, is here. Do you know what you'll be watching after you stuff your faces? Once the turkey or tofurkey for my vegan listeners, sides and desserts are in your belly, you're going to want to sit on the couch for a little while. If you're having a hard time thinking of a classic Thanksgiving film to watch, then stick with us for our holiday episode and check this shit out. Welcome to Check This Shit Out. I am your host, Tommy Nuggets. This podcast will dive into all kinds of film, music, television, and whatever else pops up on my radar. Some of it will just scratch the surface, and sometimes I'll go full-on spoiler mode, dissecting our favorite entertainment a step further. I promise to make sure and have tact, and not spoil anything new for you. Too many minutes are wasted nightly in homes across the world, searching for something to watch, or what to listen to, and I'm here to help. To avoid just settling for what's being recommended by current streaming services or popular TV, I think it's worth digging a little deeper into our past to find some good shit that'll stick with you for a while. So much of it is at our disposal, with access that has never been better. So tune in each week, let us do the digging, and check this shit out. We started our inaugural season off with a legendary horrorthon to honor my favorite holiday of Halloween and the best genre, horror. Covering 85 films and 93 of the best songs or choice cuts from those films in our first five episodes had us feeling a little sleepy and ready to take a break. Horrorthon 20 was a success, and now we're excited for the second half of our first season. I'm super thankful to anyone who's been with us so far, and we welcome you back. I've mentioned before that I tend to be a nerd about every theme possible when choosing what to watch. After Horrorthon, I've been getting back to some childhood favorites like the Back to the Future trilogy, but with Thanksgiving upon us, I am again theming it up with a small but great collection of Turkey Day flicks. Of course, not long after that, we'll be hitting up our favorite Christmas classics with some non-holiday fare mixed in to keep our sanity. For those of you who'd like to celebrate these themes with me, Just subscribe to our show and know I will do all the research needed to uncover and resurrect some oft-forgotten gems while you just sit back and relax. So stick with us for a little while, and you might learn some cool shit along the way. Many think there aren't a lot of great Thanksgiving films to watch as you gear up for the leftovers, but we're here to prove that wrong today. Sometimes my definition of a holiday-themed film can be as flimsy as a memorable holiday scene or some decorations in the background. While most of our offerings in this episode do have Thanksgiving as the primary backdrop, many films can be worked into this theme based on certain interpretations. Want to include the original Rocky in your turkey day rotation? Why not? There's a scene where Adrian is cooking Thanksgiving dinner until her brother Polly fucks it up. Thinking of watching the animated Freebirds with the kids after the Macy's parade? Makes sense as that follows some literal turkeys as they travel back in time to get the birds off the traditional holiday menu. Either way, make sure to take at least a day or two and observe the holiday for what it is, a day to be thankful for what we have. 
I know 2020 has been a shit show of a year, but if you have your health and any loved ones around you, there's really nothing more you need. Many don't even have that. So put away your Christmas music and films for a couple days, take some time to enjoy our end of November recommendations, and grab a dish to munch on as we all go around the table and say what we're thankful for in the form of Thanksgiving classics. Before we start carving this bird, we'd like to take a moment and shout out our sponsor, CNS Business Solutions. CNS offers companies access to important business tools like human resources, professional training, and development programs, and can fit today's evolving business landscape with on-site or virtual solutions. Stop by their website today at www.cs-businesssolutions.com or check them out on Facebook and Instagram to get started. While you work in your business, let CNS Business Solutions work on your business. Hang till the end today for our condensed must-watch list of films and a special treat for this week's Choice Cuts. Also, we'll cover my top five all-time favorite culinary-slash-food films. kick off our Thanksgiving-themed show with something newer that may be a little bit on the nose if our current political situation has you feeling a certain way. The Oath from 2018 is the newest entry into the lexicon of underappreciated Thanksgiving films as a dark comedy with the following tagline. In a politically divided America, a man struggles to make it through the Thanksgiving holiday without destroying his family. This is a great starting point to summarize the film, but so much more happens. The oath for which the film bears its name is basically a sworn document of allegiance the president has requested all U.S. citizens sign, with a deadline one day after Thanksgiving, giving the country almost a year of turmoil and political strife. Our main character and family man Chris has no intention of signing this oath and feels it's his personal mission to convince others the same. History lesson sidebar here. While the specific document or oath in this flick is fictional, there is precedence in government which it was based on. The Truman Loyalty Order, which President Harry Truman signed into effect in 1947, was an early contributor to the Red Scare of the 1950s. This order was put in place to snuff out communism, but was completely overreaching and deemed by some to be bordering on unconstitutional. While rooting out communism may have seemed like the patriotic thing to do, one of the details considered to be incriminating of any investigated party was a person's sexual history, which as a nation we weren't too open-minded about in the late 40s and early 50s. In the 90s, Bill Clinton thought, in the land of the free? I don't think so, and repealed these orders. Loosely basing the oath on this real event while updating pretty accurately to our present political scene makes this flick work. Since the oath is newer and less likely to have been seen than some of our other entries today, we'll skip the rest of the plot, other than mentioning the political happenings will probably piss you off, definitely make you laugh, and possibly make you scratch your noggin from time to time in one form or another, no matter which side you support. Starring Tiffany Haddish, John Cho, and Ike Barinholtz, who also makes his directorial debut, and does a great job carrying the bulk of the emotions the oath will take you through. 
While watching this with my wife, I commented on some similarities between myself or how I would act in the same situation and main character Chris, and my wife resoundingly agreed with me. Almost a little too fast, now that I think about it. A bunch of choice cuts in the oath from the film and soundtrack with How Do You Do by Mouth and McNeil, Time Will Come by Toll Puddle Martyrs, I Can Tell by Little Royal, and It Slips Away by Beth Bambara. Once the credits roll, you'll be looking at whoever you watched it with, like, holy shit, what if that happened to us? It really gets you thinking, while still entertaining you for an hour and a half. If you like adrenaline-pumping dark comedies that go from bad to worse, and are looking for a family dynamic slightly nuttier than your own, then The Oath is a great watch this Thanksgiving. After the intensity of The Oath, we're getting back to the light-hearted and humorous with 1991's Dutch, a comedy written but not directed by the legendary John Hughes and starring Ed O'Neill and Ethan Embry. Coming out at a point when Hughes was mostly done directing, as his last directorial effort was Curly Sue, which came out just a few months after this one, Dutch doesn't quite register as a Hughes classic, but is still great for Thanksgiving week. The basic premise here is very similar to the plot in the actual Hughes classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where two stranded dudes are trying to get home for Thanksgiving dinner by any means necessary. Between wrecking their car, getting their wallets stolen by some ladies of the night, and just plain stubbornness, here's another example of Hughes characters taking like three or four days to get to Illinois from Atlanta. I don't understand it. What's different in Dutch is our odd couple travelers consist of a 12-year-old spoiled rich brat and the working-class tough guy dating his mom who the kid hated before he even met him. Just like Planes and Trains and pretty much every other Hughes flick, both characters learn a lot about each other and themselves and are pretty much buddies by the cheesy end. Also, like other Hughes films, we got some nice bluesy choice cuts and a classic from The Man in Black with Snatch It Back and Hold It by Junior Wells and Buddy Guy, Flatfoot Sam by TV Slim, and One Piece at a Time by my guy Johnny Cash. A couple funny notes on Dutch, the little brat Doyle, played by Ethan Embry, bears the last name Standish, which is the same last name as Molly Ringwald's character from The Breakfast Club, another Hughes classic. Given her portrayal of a spoiled rich girl in that film, and both kids having parents named Natalie and Reed, Many believe Claire from The Breakfast Club and Doyle from Dutch are actually siblings. Another funny note from this flick, it did so poorly at the box office, they made fun of it in an episode of Married with Children, when Al Bundy, played by title character Ed O'Neill, is in a video rental store, and there's a movie poster of Dutch with a free sign covering O'Neill's face in the poster. While I wouldn't go that far in critiquing this flick, I will say, if you only watch one Hughes film about Thanksgiving travel hijinks, then you gotta go with planes and trains. If you're fully embracing the holiday all week like me, I say, Dutch that shit up. If you're looking for a Thanksgiving comedy with a little more of a serious and genuine family dynamic, Home for the Holidays from 1995 is the one for you. The second feature film, directed by Jodie Foster, stars Holly Hunter, Robert Downey Jr., and Anne Bancroft as the semi-dysfunctional Larson family. Eldest daughter Claudia, played by Hunter, has just lost her job the day she is to fly to Baltimore to visit her parents and her childhood home for Thanksgiving. Already reeling from the recent job loss and the knowledge that her teen daughter is staying back in Chicago to spend the holidays with a boyfriend, 
Claudia is dreading spending a few days with her parents with no allies to confide in. Once they get her home from the airport, her overbearing mother senses something is off in Claudia's work life as she seems to already know of her daughter's firing. Eventually, Claudia's manic and super confident brother Tommy, played by Downey Jr., shows up and she's finally got a partner in crime for a few days. Home for the Holidays is no over-the-top slapstick comedy event. It's more of an ironic look at how much our family dynamic stays the same even as we grow up and grow apart. The performances by the three main actors here are on point and from a time when Downey Jr. was pretty deep into drug use, so his portrayal is much different than anything we've seen since he donned the Iron Man armor. He even publicly admitted he was high on heroin while filming much of the scenes, and while his performance is funny, director Foster warned him that shit wouldn't work forever. RDJ's drug use spiraled into the early 2000s until he cleaned himself up and started rebuilding his career in 2003. A few short years and some great performances later, he became one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, and the rest was history. Getting back to home for the holidays, we have a couple choice cuts with Evil Ways by Rusted Root and Peace of My Heart by Janis Joplin. Some of the societal themes haven't aged the greatest in this film, as the family ducks or shuns their noses at issues like divorce and the sexual orientation of their only son. There is, of course, an awkward dinner scene where the third sibling, an odd one out, shows her true colors as she nastily outs her brother to the rest of the family in a gross and contemptuous way that would make today's Karens quite proud. Outside of these small moments of close-mindedness within the family, Home for the Holidays aged pretty well. Any grown-ass adult who has traveled back to their childhood home during a tumultuous time can relate to one aspect of this film or another. 2019's Knives Out, which was directed by Ryan Johnson, is not specifically a Thanksgiving film. It doesn't even have a scene with a big dinner feast. What it does have instead is an awesome fall vibe, as it takes place in November on a wooded estate in Virginia, and plenty of family strife, which goes hand-in-hand with the holidays like salt and pepper. Also, it was released just before Thanksgiving, so much of the press work and marketing materials were very Turkey Day-oriented. Like, if you Google Thanksgiving films, Knives Out will come up, but technically it's not. Since Knives Out is a newer entry, we won't get into plot details, as you'll want to hear them yourself for the first time while watching it. We will say this Agatha Christie-style murder mystery keeps you guessing until the very end and features an amazing all-star cast with top-notch dialogue, which is commonplace amongst Ryan Johnson films. His first film, Brick, was a modern mystery noir with excellent banter. Most notable performances here are from Daniel Craig in his most dramatically unique role yet, Christopher Plummer, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Anna de Armas. But really, everyone with a speaking line is on point here. Plenty of retro choice cuts with More Than This by Roxy Music, Animal Zoo by Spirit, Righteous Rocker No. 1 by Larry Norman, Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot, and Sweet Virginia by the Rolling Stones. Whether you're looking for an excellent modern whodunit, or just something with a nasty family dynamic under an autumn backdrop, Knives Out is a great mystery that starts with a slow burn and accelerates consistently till the end. If you don't love your family more after watching this one, you may also be involved in a horrific inheritance battle, and I wish you luck. 
We're going to take a quick break here, but before doing so, we'd like to again thank our awesome sponsor, CNS Business Solutions. Without them, we wouldn't be here today. Check them out at www.cs-businesssolutions.com. While you work in your business, let CNS Business Solutions work on your business. We're back for seconds with Something to Make You Laugh. That's a no-brainer, low-risk comedy starring early 90s it man Pauly Shore. Son-in-Law from 1993 is totally a Thanksgiving flick as it centers around a Midwest girl named Becca, played by one of my favorite actresses, Carla Gugino, who goes off to college in sunny California and completely changes as a person by the time Thanksgiving break rolls around. In just a few short months, those liberal college professors turn the sweet brunette Rebecca into the edgy, tattooed, redhead Becca. With a little help from her dorm's resident advisor, a dude named Crawl, played by the weasel, Polly Shore, Crawl is, of course, a wild guy from the city who has influenced much of Becca's metamorphosis, and when she is nervous to visit her family alone over the holiday, she takes him home with her. Of course, they're all blown away by the alt-lifestyle living crawl as he starkly contrasts with everything on their Nebraska farm. In a knee-jerk reaction to her high school sweetheart proposing to her, Becca tells everyone crawl is actually her fiancé, much to their chagrin. The rest of the film plays out pretty formulaic-like as everyone learns to accept people for who they are, not judge a book by its cover, all that good stuff. What stands out here are actually the performances by Gugino and Shore as the laughs keep rolling. Many Shoreisms like Grindage and Body can be heard in Son-in-Law, but came from a time before they were played out. This was only Shore's second feature lead role before he became a go-to of early 90s comedy. Some of it good, some of it bad. If you're looking to check out the best of his catalog, then Son-in-Law is probably second only to his finest Biodome and one spot ahead of Encino Man, in case you're doing a Pauly Shore marathon anytime soon. Some weird choice cuts from Son-in-Law, at least when you compare them to each other, are Who Was In My Room Last Night by Butthole Surfers, Feed the Tree by Belly, Thank God I'm a Country Boy by John Denver, I threw that one in for my mom, love you mom, Boot Scootin' Boogie by Brooks and Dunn, which is a rare foray into country music for me, and Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen. Son-in-Law is, in my opinion, your second best comedy option this Thanksgiving, as it retains its hilarity and is wholesome enough for everyone in the family to watch, at least compared to the comedies of today. Yeehaw! One of my favorite Thanksgiving films is also one of my favorite action flicks, and it takes place in Motown. 
Four Brothers from 2005 really upholds the soul and spirit of Detroit and the toughness of a family bond after a catastrophe. Directed by the legendary John Singleton of Boys in the Hood fame, this action mystery centers around four misfit adopted brothers brought in off the streets and raised by a sweet lady who's been a pillar in the community for troubled youth. The brothers, played by Mark Wahlberg, Tyrese Gibson, Andre Benjamin, a.k.a. Andre 3000, and Garrett Hedlund, were her most troubled cases and only turned into decent men as a result of her influence. The four brothers are brought back to Detroit for the first time in years to unfortunately attend the funeral of their mother, who was recently murdered in an apparent robbery. Not happy with the lack of progress by Detroit's finest, the bros decide to investigate the truth of why their mother was slain. Led by eldest brother Bobby Mercer, played by Wahlberg, a path is carved through the D's underworld as they get closer and closer to discovering the insidious reason why the police have not gotten anywhere. We'll keep the rest a secret for you, but Four Brothers is an underrated film from a director who always had his ears to the streets in Singleton. This is even more evident when you take a look at the choice cuts found here, as there are plenty representing Motown. Choice cuts are Somebody to Love by Jefferson Airplane, right in the opening credits, which is awesome, Trouble Man and Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye, Cloud Nine, I Wish It Would Rain, Take a Look Around, and Papa Was a Rolling Stone, all by The Temptations, Shake Me, Wake Me by The Four Tops, Jesus Walks by Kanye West, back when he was a great artist, and Smiling Faces Sometimes by The Undisputed Truth. Alongside the decent performances from the previously mentioned bros, we've got the always awesome Terrence Howard as a DPD detective, and a chilling villain role from Chuatel Ejiofor as Kingpin Victor Sweet. Most of the cast would later go on and blow up, as Andre 3000 successfully transitioned from hip-hop MC to a respectable actor, while still being one of the greatest lyricists alive. Garrett Hedlund would later be cast in the lead role in Tron Legacy, the sequel and in my opinion superior to the original Tron. Terrence Howard was already blowing up as him and co-star Taraji P. Henson had already made Hustle and Flow together earlier in 05, and their stars continued to rise and Mark Wahlberg became one of the biggest stars on the planet shortly after this film's release. I hope the cast and crew all hold Four Brothers in as high of a regard as I do, as it really is a greatly underappreciated Thanksgiving gem that's got guns blazing, cars chasing, and Motown playing throughout. It's one of the two films I watch every year after the feast. In case y'all forgot, this is Detroit. For me, the most iconic and unrivaled king of all Thanksgiving films is the 1987 John Hughes classic Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Starring John Candy as Dell and Steve Martin as Neil, a mismatched couple of guys just trying to get home for Thanksgiving. If this sounds familiar, then you were listening earlier when we checked out Dutch, but that film is really a less entertaining retelling of this, one of Hughes' best. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles starts in New York City as our two characters from completely different backgrounds are both traveling back to Chicago for the holidays. Dell has been getting on Neil's nerves since before they even met, as he is an overly friendly oaf who won't take no for an answer and doesn't really observe normal social rules. Neil is an uptight executive type with not much of a sense of humor who clashes with Dell in every possible way. 
After their flight is diverted to Wichita as a blizzard sacks Chicago, Neil's hope of distancing himself from Dell goes from slim to bleak as he is stranded and the only helping hand is that of the jovial shower curtain ring salesman. Seriously, Dell makes a living selling shower curtain rings. He's that guy. After boarding a train which later breaks down, our odd couple finds themselves in a rented car trying to make the last leg of the trip. Whatever it is about John Hughes films that make it take three or more days to get to Chicago from anywhere on the eastern seaboard is beyond me, but it gives these guys plenty of time for hilarious hijinks and shitty luck at every possible turn. Finally, after the grueling trip, which started on a plane, then resumed on a train, before almost getting home in an automobile, ends in a subway ride as Dell and Neil now see eye to eye and have become buddies for real. Realizing upon their arrival in Chi-Town that Dell is alone with nowhere to go, Neil invites him over for Thanksgiving dinner, and everyone lives happily ever after. The film ends with John Candy grinning in the exact same way he grins at the end of Uncle Buck, another Hughes classic released two years later, which is a great watch for the wintertime. While the message is cheesy and often replicated in Hughes and other light comedy fare, it does really hit home here, as the annoying Dell has also won over the hearts of the audience with his childish and innocent demeanor. What sets Planes and Trains apart from others of the same ilk is the perfect casting choices with Candy and Martin, which apparently almost didn't happen. Considerations for other actors were given to Tom Hanks and Rick Moranis to play Neil, and John Travolta and John Goodman to play Dell. While these are all great actors in their own right, it would have been weird. This film wouldn't have achieved the success and rewatchability it has without John Candy. Although, I can't help but wonder what a Moranis and Candy duo would have looked like. The two Canadian funny men could have probably pulled it off. Quotable dialogue can be found left and right in this mostly wholesome flick that the whole fam can watch. There is a scene where Steve Martin says fuck 18 times in 60 seconds, which is pretty much the only reason we've got a rare for John Hughes R rating. An excellent choice cut to be found here with Mess Around by Ray Charles. Everyone seemed to enjoy Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as both Martin and Candy said this was the favorite of their films that they made throughout their careers. Roger Ebert loved it so much that just like we do, he watched it every Thanksgiving. A funny final note on planes and trains. At the beginning of the film, Martin's character is late for his flight and in a hurry because his boss is taking forever choosing between three vaguely different ad photos, only to not be able to decide in the end. If you make it through the five minutes of end credits, you'll see a shot of the boss man still sitting there looking at the three ads trying to figure shit out. I want a fucking car. Right fucking now. So there it is, friends, your viewing recommendations for Thanksgiving week and the final days of November. If you're filling your holiday with football or just find yourself short on time, my gem picks of the week are The Oath, Son-in-Law, Four Brothers, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Watching this lineup will give you the perfect mix of weird, funny, and ass-kicking this Thanksgiving and should go down nicely with some pie or leftovers. Way too many choice cuts to name here from this week's offerings, but if you check out our show notes, a full list can be found. 
Also, for those of you listening on Spotify, we've created a Thanksgiving playlist that is open to the public and filled to the brim with today's choice cuts. Mostly vintage and retro jams with a predominantly mellow tone, it would be a great listen to escape the sometimes crazy holiday environment, or just to get excited for it. Either way, it should mellow you out and would go well with a comfy chair and a drink in hand. The link to this playlist and a list of this week's cuts can be found in our show notes. Finally, as promised and with just a little bit of explanation, here are my top five favorite culinary slash food films ever made. Number five, Waiting. Not a culinary masterpiece, but it changes how you look and act towards the staff of Bennigan's for sure. Number four, The Stuff. Schlocky 80s horror about an ice cream-like dessert that's turning people into zombies and taking over the world? Yes, please. Number three, Soul Food. Always makes me hungry and has a great cast with a deep family dynamic. We almost included it in our Thanksgiving episode. Number two, Spanglish. One of Adam Sandler's best performances in a genuinely funny story of love and one of the best-looking bacon sandwiches you will ever see. And my number one all-time favorite culinary-slash-food film is John Favreau's Chef, which is a genius film touching on following your dreams and staying true to your roots. But it's also an allegory and metaphor for Favreau's career as a director, pivoting from large-budget blockbusters like Iron Man to this indie treat, just like going from a restaurant to a food truck. Well, that's all for us this week here, you turkeys. We hope you enjoyed yourself as we sure as hell did and are ready for the holidays. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow our show. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CTSO with Tommy Nuggets for any comments, recommendations, or just to see what we've got going on. Check us out next week as we dive into some Christmas classics for you to watch and listen to with a non-holiday recommendation or two for all you Grinches out there. I am Tommy Nuggets. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, CNS Business Solutions. And thanks to technology for crippling our ability to make easy decisions on what to watch each and every night, leaving a void for you to check this shit out. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving and good day. Good day.